I'm David Woodwell. Uh, welcome for another episode of Pennsylvania Legacies, where we get to talk with all kinds of folks working on environmental conservation, other matters in Pennsylvania, and really making a difference. And today is a great pleasure to have Mary Ellen Ramage with us. Mary Ellen is the borough manager of Etna Borough, where she's been about approaching 40 years already. And Etna is just upriver of the city of Pittsburgh on the Allegheny River. A river town, a cool place coming back. It suffered from flooding, from economic issues, from all kinds of stuff that we may talk about some, but Mary Ellen, welcome. Well, thank you. It's really exciting to be here <laughs> and to be part of this. Um, it's just a really cool time in our region's history. So many really wonderful things are going on with the environment, and it's for someone who has I, I grew up in Etna. I was born, raised there, so I've been there my whole life. And to see the change and to be able to be any part of it at all is really exciting to me. Well, what's Very that change exciting. like? I mean, what what kind of things overall, talking regionally, everybody talks about the rebirth of Pittsburgh and now you know, we're so hip and Bon Appetit says you should eat here and, you know, all kinds of things happen. What's, what do you think has really changed? Well, there's a couple things. And the, the one that I think about probably most frequently, you know, I grew up here and I, I was just telling this story to someone the other day. You know, we lived in a small house. We had a brickyard, not, not a lot of green, not a lot of wildlife, you know, maybe a pigeon or two, you know, a robin, but nothing more than that. It was just really a concrete world, and there was so much uh, remnants of the steel industry because it had really just kind of left our community when I was uh, born. So it just was a whole different environment. And, you know, when you went to North Park Lake or you went to the zoo or the aviary, it was just like something so foreign to you but wonderful. And now, you know, we have like a nature trail along our ball field and I go there all the time and sit and I look for the blue heron. And I, it just means so much to me that the people that grow up in the community, the children have the ability to experience that because without having that, that nature and that conservation idea, you just, you, you miss so much. Well, you stuck around. Not everybody's done that. I mean, it's to see a whole lot of changes. What kept you here? Well, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about this woman for a long time. Her name was Edna. And when I first started working for the borough, it was kind of one of those things that, well, I'm not really sure what I want to do. It's close to my home. I don't have transportation, lunch costs, you know. So I, I took the job and I was only working there a couple of weeks. And this elderly woman called and she it was winter and she had said that she lived in a basement apartment on a hill. And that when the public works came through and plowed the roads, the snow always went into her window well. And it would drip on her bed, and she was blind. And, you know, so innocently and naively, I just wrote up a work order and gave it to the public works department. And the, the gentleman kind of, you know, came back to see me, and he said, well, you know, are you crazy? We don't do this stuff. That's not, you know. And I was so stunned by that. And I took it to my manager, the previous manager, who was a wonderful man. And he was very uh, sweet and endearing. And he said, Oh, honey, I'm really sorry, but we can't really do that kind of stuff. We don't have the, you know, so I went on my lunch hour and I shoveled it out and I met Edna. And 
she just became this person who would call the office all the time asking for Mary L. She called me E.L. She, she never got the end of my name and she would send letters to the office. Tell Mary L. This is going on and that's going on. And could she help me with this? And I honestly think that she's who hooked me into wanting to do this for, for my life, for my career, because it was such a sense of satisfaction. And you knew there were these people there that really needed a little bit more than we were providing, that government was providing, and how critical that is to the health of the whole community, that every part be healthy. So I, I think of her more often as I'm getting up in years at this job, I, th I think, oh, Edna, if you only knew what you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. So you've got that sort of that mix of going to the parks, going to the zoo, getting out of Aetna itself to go experience some kind of nature, but then also helping folks. But the job of a borough manager is a lot of juggling, mm -hmm. a lot and maybe impossibly juggling with limited budgets and all kinds of demands. You've got a reputation also, though, as somebody doing a whole lot of what folks would consider sustainability projects, other things, and in this community that is on the river, cut off from the river, but on the river, at the bottom end of the pipe, literally, for everything upstream. How do you manage, how did you become this sort of environmental manager? Well, it's funny, you know, as, as I got more and more into my job, and, and you know, honestly, when I first became manager, we had a quite a deal of stormwater issues. You know, people sometimes associate Aetna with flooding, but I always say to people in, in the 39 years I've been there, the creek has actually only topped its banks twice. And one of those instances was Ivan. And I think we all recognize that that was a, a larger event, something that you really can't have built for. You know, so much of Allegheny County and everywhere else was flooded. And the event before that, um, a, a tractor trailer actually came downstream and smacked into a bridge. So I'm not sure what the extent of that flooding would have been either. But we had all these smaller frequent events, which, which dealt with stormwater runs, storm runs that came from upstream communities. And for a long time, there was just such a, a negativity and, a, and an ignorance on, on upstream and downstream communities of how this all worked together. And I came to see that those kinds of issues were having such a economic effect on our community. Every time we had a clean up, you know, these were dollars and cents going out that prevented us from doing anything progressive or changing things or making things better. They were eating up, you know, so much of our budget and our finances. So it, it sort of became like, if we don't think about this issue and we don't figure out how we can make it better, we're never going to grow, you know? So we started working with our neighbors and I have to say that Ivan was kind of like this pivotal, pivotal event because when Ivan hit, our municipal building was actually flooded and we had seven feet of water. So here we were ourselves completely incapacitated and we had 400 homes that needed help. So it was, it was just an unbelievable experience. And I can remember the very next morning looking out onto the main street in Aetna and seeing all these public works trucks from Franklin Park and Marshall Township and Shaler Township and McCandless Township and the city of Pittsburgh, their garbage trucks and Allegheny County 
garbage uh, or maintenance vehicles. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, these people are coming to our aid. And that began this whole conversation about how can we work together to see that this doesn't happen again, because it was so devastating. And really, it just was a turnaround. I always say that, you know, there's that old cliche that says there's a silver lining in every dark cloud. And actually, that was the silver lining because our neighbors upstream, who for many years we blamed for our issues and who at the same time said, well, they're in the floodplain. They shouldn't be there. We had these like narrow-minded ideas and really didn't understand each other's world. And I've been kind of brought that all together. And and we realized too that if we want to continue to move our community forward and be sustainable financially, all the way around that we needed to make this a priority. And you have. I mean, yes, you guys, have. Have, you've done a lot with streetscapes, with taking a look at the combined sewer overflows. It's about trying to get that water managed. How much of that's coming from upstream and how much do you guys do? Um, well, like I like to say, uh, the Pine Creek watershed is roughly, I think, 67 acres, something along there. I'm not sure of the exact number. And we're like less than one-tenth. Uh, so there's a huge drainage area. You know, I, I like to say if you picture a funnel, everything's coming down and we're in that little tiny piece that, you know, puts the liquid into the cup or whatever, but we're our connection to the Alcacian source system. So it's an incredible amount of water that comes downstream. And with having a combined source system, that puts all of that storm water from our system. And because it's a valley, all that other storm water that's coming downstream enters the system. So we thought, you know, we're we're constantly saying that this is something people need to be conscious of. Why don't we do something ourselves? Why don't we put our money where our mouth is and and show that this can be done and we'll do it our we'll show you that this does work and that we believe in it and we're trying to help ourselves instead of saying it's always somebody else's fault or we wanted to come out and do it, and I'm, I'm very proud. We have um, two large projects in the ground now um, and some smaller ones, a rain garden. And right now we take out about a million point four gallons of stormwater out of our system annually. And we're about to start this summer, late summer, early fall, another streetscapes project in our business district. And that will take out roughly another half a million gallons. That's you know, cool. so it's what, pretty cool. Because what's your population? 3,505. 3,500 people yes. nestled in between the river. You got Route 8, Route 28, big, moving a lot of people around you. The city, well, city of Pittsburgh, very close by and across the river, getting a lot of attention for riverfront for trails, yet you currently don't really have riverfront or riverfront trail. No. Is that a bad thing? Uh, I believe it is, and we're working on that really hard right yeah. now. And it, that's another exciting thing, too, because, and I kind of correlate it back to what I was saying about the little nature trail that we had. You know, I like to tell the story of how that happened. We got some money after Ivan to restore the bank of this, of the creek, and it, we had to keep going down there, and we would walk under bramble and brush, and there was concrete hunks everywhere. And every time we got out to the creek, there was this really pretty sandy area. It even had freshwater shells, and there was always someone fishing. And as we more and more we went down there, I kept thinking, well, why is it so hard to get there? Like, look how 
crappy this looks. Excuse me, but it did. There was concrete. So we went back to DEP and said, you know, can we add this to this project? Cleaning this bank up, putting a little trail in. And, and they said yes. And the transformation was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So many people were sending letters and saying, this is great. People were taking pictures there, you know, prom pictures and wedding pictures and all kind of really cool stuff was happening. And if you go to where our riverfront is along, along the Allegheny here, it's, and you stand there, it's, the view is breathtaking, especially at sunset. You know, we're kind of right on the bend. We just adopted our new um, comprehensive plan called River Bend. And when you stand there, you can see upstream, you can see all the way down to the city of Pittsburgh, and the view's incredible. But when you look at the land that you're standing on, it's just a wasteland. There's concrete. It used to, a part, a big portion of it used to be an old sand and gravel plant. We had our old water treatment plant there. I think there's maybe one tree, and it's just such a hideous place, and you think to yourself, look at this. I mean, this is something we already have. And we can make it better and connect people to the water. Well, how can you, thinking of what it must take to run a borough, it's not easy. There's a lot going on. And you're talking about forward thinking. Aren't you also, I mean, are you facing budget problems? Are you facing street problems, social, economic? What What's everything that's in your wheelhouse right now? Well, it's pretty much all of the above. <laughs> and, and you have to prioritize. And I, I'm very proud. I have a very progressive console. I believe that they, they, they see the value there is in, in making all the parts of the community whole and that actually one can't work without the other. So, so the financial end of it is, is tied to all these other things. If you're not moving those things forward, because the more you do those kinds of things, the more people move into your community, the easier it is to redevelop what you have because people become interested. And right now, you know, this, it's, it's one of the things I like to say too. I remember when I uh, first became manager, I went to a meeting that was a, a, me a meeting of lots of communities. And one of the speakers um, from an, from a different community and then, I don't even remember where now was talking and he, he said the word river towns and it was said with this really bad connotation. It's like those poor communities, you know, and, and even then, and maybe that's part of what kept me in the fight this long too, is, you know, I could feel the hair on the back of my neck because I thought these are good people. I've known these people my whole life. I see how hard they work, how much they care about their community. So, you know, and now I feel great that I've been through the kind of like the cycle because now being a river town is a cool thing. So I'm really happy that I did stay. And then I could have been a part of maybe being part of that change in thinking and that people really want to be able to walk places. And, you know, we are right. We are like located on 28 and date. So it's a perfect location. We're still on the bus line. There's all kind of really cool things going on with, uh, we have a swimming pool. People don't even know we have a municipal swimming pool. And a lot of that goes back to our history. Those, our playground, our swimming pool, our ball fields were, were all part of the steel mill. You know, that was for their employees. So they gave those to us. And I think we've been very good stewards in maintaining them and, and, and keeping those assets that we have for such a tiny little place. So I think it's really a gem that a lot of people 
would be surprised to find more out about. Well, it's also a microcosm of what happened to this whole region. I mean, the whole transfer from the industrial through the negative Rivertown stuff to now hopefully the positive. But another thing, managers don't usually last this long. It's a political, <laughs> politically appointed position. Usually you tick somebody off. I'm sure you did that too. But how do you, sure you last this long? Well, you know, I've learned that the thing about local government, people talk all the time about, you know, how many there are. And local government is like the one place where people who are being taxed for something can actually come in and talk to a person that has something to say about those taxes, you know, and I think that the value in that is incredible. And when you actually talk to me, because these are things that are in their everyday lives, you know, it's not, not national health care. It's not the war. It's like, you know, I need to get down my street without a pothole on it. You know, I need you to plow this street when the snow comes and it it's getting that connection to the people is it's, un, it's like weaving something tighter and tighter and tighter. You know, the different organizations, we have a lot of civic and volunteer organizations. And the more we all work together and you get to know the people and you establish relationships with the residents, it really is like really weaving something. And as times go, has been going on, I can feel that strengthening because we are a community that has, you know, not just the flooding. I mean, just the highway improvement projects over the years have taken over 400 homes. And that's a big hit in your tax base. And that's forever. You know, and these are projects that, you know, I like to say are just to move people faster past us. And, you know, so, and yet here we are, you know, it's 2016. Things are going really good. You know, we've got some really cool things going on. We've uh, had a little bit of an increase in our population. Our our finances are pretty stable. And so I remember, I think it was 2006 when the Steelers won a uh, the Super Bowl. I'm not a big sports fan, but one of those years, someone emailed me and they said, you have to go to the ES- ESPN website. And they had definitions of a Steeler fan on the ESPN website. And one of them was an Aetna flood survivor. <laughs> yeah. And and I guess my point yeah. is, here is a community that has gone through so much. The loss of the steel mills, that was huge. You know, in our height, our population was, you know, close to 13,000 people. When the steel mills closed, it was devastating, absolutely devastating. And right around the same time is when all these highway projects started to be under construction. And we lost, as I said, over 400 homes. Whole streets are just gone that were there years and years ago that my parents lived on. They're just gone, you know. And then, and most recently, 2004, when they did the uh, large par- project on Route 8, we lost another 41 properties, you know. So, I mean, and yet here we are. And I think that speaks to the people in our community, they are survivors. They they believe in where they live. They love where they live. They love their neighbors. They love to help each other. So it's a community that pulls together. So what's next for Etna? Well, I'm excited. I think good things are, even more good things are coming. I think the Riverfront Park, um, we're working on that right now um, along the Allegheny River. I think that'll make a huge difference because... Uh, it's like I said, the area is just phenomenal. And our residents, you know, we have a lot of younger people that really like to bike, really like to walk, 
and like to get outdoors, you know, you see the shift in, in what people want to do. So I think that'll make a, a big difference to our community. And as I said, you know, we've got pretty decent housing stock and it's, it's great for young families, you know, moving in first starting out, we have a swimming pool, you know, we have a playground, we have a deck hockey. So there's all kind of, and when you can have children that can walk to those things, it's wonderful. So you're making the full circle from the brickyard <laughs> out to the zoo and around and then turning Etna into its own green space. Exactly. What's next for you? Oh, I don't know. You know, I have I have like a hit list. I, I, I tell people in my head, you know, our, our zoning ordinance, our comp plan. I want to make sure that, that when I do leave, the person who comes in to replace me can continue – moving things forward and not have to go back and take care of unfinished business. So, you know, we have our new zoning ordinance, we have a new comprehensive plan, we're working on the riverfront park and trail. So I think it'll just be nice when the time comes to sit and enjoy all those things that our community has. That is a great legacy. Thank you for doing all that. Thank you for being here today. And anything else you want to add? No, I just want to say thank you for all the great work you guys do. It means a lot. It means a lot to have partners in this. I it's appreciate fun. it. It's, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. Right. Well, and thanks to all of you for listening to today's episode uh, with Mary Ellen Ramage. And uh, pay attention to Aetna because it's probably one of the next communities that's really coming along along the Allegheny. And thank you. Thank you. Pennsylvania Legacies is a production of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. The views expressed by guests and even by the host are not necessarily those of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Our thanks to Regan Curry, who produces this show for us, and also to Very Tight Recordings and Matt, who provides us with the studio space in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania. Check him out. It's a great facility if you need recording work. And look for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council at www.pecpa.org. Thanks for listening.